57 degrees at St. Patrick's Church in Northwest Portland. And it is 56 degrees at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver. And it is 54 degrees at the Basilica of the Sacred Heart in South Bend, Indiana. Sometimes hilarious, always hilarious. It's Keeping Up with Ken Hilarious on Mater Day Radio. And he is the host of Living Stones, heard every Monday evening at 7.30 right here on Mater Day Radio, anytime on the Hail Mary Media app. Also our man at the University of Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana. That was the mysterious voice you just heard of Mr. Ken Hellenius. How are you today? I am very well, David. How are you? Doing very well. You heard the forecast here. Going to be a beautiful weekend, great weekend to get out to the pumpkin patch. You got many pumpkin patches in South Bend? Uh, there are several. As you might imagine, the corn maze is huge here in oh, Indiana because yeah. we are surrounded by cornfields. So. Nice. Yeah. And and we actually are having fall weather here because today is 54 degrees right now. Tomorrow is going to be like a high of 52. So we oh. are in for a brisk weekend. That sounds like it. You know, it's not getting any easier for the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. They're on the road on Saturday taking on 25th ranked Louisville, who, by the way, is undefeated. Undefeated, I know. Uh, yeah, it's uh, last week was an absolute nail biter. <laughs> I watched it. <laughs> wow, oh, Duke. I I felt actually kind of bad for the Duke fans yeah. because they experienced what Notre Dame had experienced the week before exactly. against Ohio State. So it was just. I'm. Uh, I will not lie, though. I was offering a few prayers that <laughs> that we would pull it out, and and they did. So wow, yeah. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it was a tough one, but they did. And again, we'll see how they do tomorrow. It's not going to be easy. And I think then next week, I may be wrong about this. I think it's the annual game with USC. USC comes to town. Uh, it's, you know, for me, it's always the highlight of the year because I've been an Irish fan all my life, and USC is my favorite team to not like. <laughs> yes. uh, so You're not alone. Um, no, I am fortunate to, uh, since moving here in 2016, I have always seen the Irish beat USC here at home. And uh, so I hope that this this great tradition continues. Well, it'll be a, uh, if if the Fighting Irish get through tomorrow, I mean, that'll be a uh, top 10 matchup right there with both teams. It's amazing for me from a distance to see just how, how, fantastically strong the Pac-12 is, Mm -hmm. or the Pac... What number is it now? Pac-2? It's the Pac-2. Pac-2. Just to see how many West Coast teams are are doing so fantastic. And of course, you know, my wife is a beaver. I don't know. Uh, That's right. Yeah, so we we keep an eye on it from a distance. And uh, and yeah, this is going to be a a heck of a matchup. And I I hope that uh, it is a battle of the top 10 again. We'll see. All right. Well, we appreciate everybody tuning into football talk this morning. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) thank you. Coming up next. Thank you very much. Uh, Let's talk about St. Bruno. You you mentioned St. Bruno to me. I don't know a lot about St. Bruno, but sounds like a very unique saint. So, yeah, Bruno, uh, who died, uh, you know, more than 900 years ago now. So St. Bruno is most famous as the founder of a... A small religious order that has an incredibly outsized impact. St. Bruno of Cologne, born in 1030 uh, in Cologne, Germany. He smelled fantastic. Uh, He uh, died in 1101 in Calabria, Italy. Mm -hmm. But in his life, he did everything. He was a a teacher, uh, the headmaster of a school, 
because uh, he himself had been a brilliant student. He was chancellor of a diocese, meaning, you know, like the chief administrative uh, official uh, for the diocese of Rems in, uh, in France. He was invited to be a bishop uh, by uh, the Pope, but he refused. He said, this is not my vocation. This is not what God is calling me to. Um, he uh, then went with a group, of, a community of friends, a, a small group of companions, uh, and he uh, kind of withdrew from the world uh, and entered a monastery uh, that was uh, founded by his friend uh, Robert, Saint, the, whom we know as Saint Robert, uh, which uh, Saint Robert had established a monastery that became the Cistercians. So the Cistercians, uh. are, we think of them as the Trappists, of course, at yeah. Our Lady of Guadalupe there in, uh, in Lafayette, Oregon. Um, they are descendants of the monasteries that St. That Robert founded. Um, so St. Bruno and his companions went and lived there at, the, at this monastery in, in Malem uh, in France uh, under St. Robert's guidance and then discerned that, no, they were called to an even deeper uh, withdrawal from the world, almost called to be hermits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he petitioned the bishop uh, for uh, the permission to establish a new community, and Bishop Hugh of Grenoble gave them some land in a valley in the Alps, uh, known as uh, the valley was known as the Chartreuse Valley. Mm-hmm. And so he built, uh, they built a large cloister featuring a church and you know some uh, common facilities like you know laundry and kitchen and things like that, but but primarily consisting of individual cells that were detached from one another, where the, each of the monks would spend most of their day in prayer, in reading, in contemplation. Wow. And they only came together for meals on special feast days, and they would come together for prayer, you know, for, for the uh, morning and evening prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, but they primarily were hermits who, who uh, would only get together for these major feasts. Um, and the this order became known as the um, Carthusian order because in French uh, Car- uh, Chartreuse is Carthusian. Mm-hmm. Um, now most people are going to know Chartreuse as either the color because it's a beautiful green color, right? Uh, which you may, if you, if you painted a house recently or painted a room, you may have come across the color Chartreuse. But that color is named after a liqueur that these monks make. Ah. Um, and so at the, the uh, original foundation of the Grand Charter House or the Grand Chartreuse, uh, the monks make a liqueur uh, based on a recipe that they were given in legend in 1605. Uh, and they make this and then um, it, it uh, gets bottled up and sold around the world as the, the um, liqueur from the Grand Chartreuse. And it's a delicious liqueur. It's very herbal, has 110 different herbs in it. Wow. Um, and legendarily, only three monks know the recipe. Hmm. And so um, that's probably the way that most people would have heard of of these, uh, of this foundation, because of they do have this worldwide kind of presence yeah. through, the, uh, through the liqueur. Um, and so, but to kind of close the loop on St. Bruno, he... Uh, uh, as teacher, he'd been uh, he'd had very uh, good students. One of whom became eventually Pope Urban II. Hmm. And Pope Urban, uh, when he was elected, called his friend Bruno uh, to come and serve as a counselor. And so Bruno, being an obedient uh, obedient priest, uh, moved to Rome. The Pope gave him permission to live kind of as a hermit, 
but then to come into the office and give advice as he had to kind of deal. Uh, and so uh, that's where he, he eventually ends up dying in southern Italy. Uh, the Holy Father Pope Urban died in 1099. Uh, Robert was released from his obedience to serve as an advisor. Uh, so he moved in with a community uh, that was like a daughter house that had split off from his community in France. And uh, in southern Italy, and that's where he passes away in 1101. He was very noted for his devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary and his devotion to the Eucharist, particularly. And these communities, though small, are an incredible spiritual powerhouse for the Church. Cloistered communities provide uh, the rest of the world with grace through their prayer, through their contemplation, they are literally praying for the world in silence without most of us even knowing or ever thinking about them. And that's really the great legacy of St. Bruno. Yeah, it's beautiful. Ken Hellenius, your knowledge of saints never ceases to amaze. I I found out about these guys uh, at a bar because of the bottle of chartreuse. Ah. So, you know, it's a happy thing. These, uh, it's brought great joy for literally centuries now, the, this uh, this tiny little order. Yeah. So I love them. Fantastic. Again, you can hear more from Ken on Living Stones every Monday evening, 7.30, right here at Modern Day Radio, anytime on the Hail Mary Media app. Great to talk to you, my friend. Have a wonderful weekend. You too. Stay cool in that heat. <laughs> Thank you. God bless. <laughs> And it is 724 here at Mater Day Radio. Of course, Ken is the co-host along with Deacon Harold Brick-Sivers of Living Stones. Comes on Monday evenings. You can see our full programming schedule at materdayradio.com and access it on the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman co-hosts of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Mater Day Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Mater Day Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. 726 in Mater Day Radio and the Nobel Peace Prize winner is announced. We'll have that for you in the news. And it was a heavenly choir of priests at the beach. Archbishop, Archdiocese of Portland and the priests gather for their convocation in honor this year's Jubilarians. I'll have that story for you coming up in three minutes. Here is Unspoken and You've Always Been. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. I've had good days, I've had bad days, tasted victory and defeat. I've had problems big as planets, turn to pebbles when you speak. I've had nothing to my name, never lacked for anything. 
is unspoken and you've always been. It is 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. This week, the priests of the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon gathered in Newport, Oregon for their annual convocation. During these four days of prayer, fellowship, and learning, they celebrated this year's jubilarians. They ask all of us to join them in praying for these remarkable men, our earthly shepherds celebrating 25, 50, 60 year anniversaries of their ordination. The list of them are celebrating 60 years of priesthood, Father Richard Berg, Father Francis Chun, and Father Kenneth Hume. For their 50th anniversaries, Father Kevin Clark, Father James Coleman, Monsignor Richard Huniger, Father Kenneth Olson, and Father Charles Zach. And 25th anniversaries, 
Father Nazario Atucunda, Father William Dillard, Father Jose Gonzalez, Father Jorge Hernandez, Father Francis Fung, Father Christopher Weekly, and Monsignor John Syak. Hey, how about that? Happy well, anniversary. Yeah, if you see any of them, wish them a happy anniversary this weekend, for sure. The 2023 Nobel Peace Prize has been awarded to jailed Iranian activist Narjas Mohammadi for her fight against the oppression of women in Iran and her fight to promote human rights and freedom for all, the Norwegian Nobel Committee announced in Oslo today. In awarding the prize to Mohammadi, the Nobel Committee said it recognizes the hundreds of thousands of people who in the preceding year have demonstrated against the theocratic regime's policies of discrimination and oppression targeting women. Mohammadi, who's 51, has been sentenced to more than 30 years in prison and has been banned from seeing her husband and children. Her name has been synonymous with the battle for human rights in Iran. Mohammadi was one of 351 candidates for this year's award, the second highest number in the history of the nobles. The chief promoter of St. Teresa of Calcutta's cause for canonization says a new film about the beloved saint is hampered by grave errors in how its producers approach the life of the celebrated nun. Father Brian Kolodiajuk, the director of the Mother Teresa Center and the postulator of the cause of beatification and canonization of Mother Teresa, said in the statement before the release of Mother Teresa and Me that its creators committed several crucial errors in portraying the doubt St. Teresa experienced in her life, even as she devoted herself to living out the gospel in her care for the sick and poor. The film's writer and director, Kamal Musail, claimed on the film's website before it was revised that the film's portrayal of Teresa is more true to life because of its treatment of how she lost her faith, he said, and apparently never recovered from it. Yet, Father Brian has criticized this characterization of St. Teresa as inaccurate. He said, as her own writing attests, one of the most profound things about Mother Teresa is that she never lost her faith, even amid desolation and uncertainty. Hmm. Does it say, I'm curious, who plays Mother Teresa? Anybody of note? or? Oh, I don't know. I'll yeah, have to look yeah. that up. Be interesting. Well, it's going to be a stunning weekend to check out the autumn colors. And if you are searching for a place to go, look no further than Hoyt Arboretum, just a few miles from downtown Portland. Yelp has ranked it as the 11th best place in the country for viewing fall foliage. Hoyt Arboretum is located on 189 acres in southwest Portland. It is part of the Washington Park Complex of Parks and features 12 miles of trails, and more than 2,300 species of plants from six continents. One Yelp reviewer called it an absolutely gorgeous place to be able to walk around amongst coastal redwoods, giant sequoias, and numerous other varieties all in one place was simply breathtaking. Now, the grounds offer several walking and hiking trails of varying difficulty and accessibility. The Arboretum grounds are open from 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. daily. Admission is free. There is also a visitor center. So there you go. It's just a beautiful up there. And it's, if you go through the parking lot, you know, rather than getting back on 26 and heading through the tunnel, if you take that road, too, along Washington Park, mm-hmm. 
gorgeous. Yeah. The the views are just incredible. I love it. Yeah. I'm going to look out there this weekend if I go. There you go. The U.S. government has agreed to help restore a sacred Native American site on the slopes of Mount Hood that was destroyed by highway construction. Court documents show capping more than 15 years of legal battles that went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. In a settlement filed with the high court Thursday, the U.S. Department of Transportation and other federal agencies agreed to replant trees and aid in efforts to rebuild an altar at a site along U.S. Highway 26. That tribes said had been used for religious purposes since time immemorial. Members of the Confederated Tribe and Bands of the Yakima Nation and the Confederated Tribes of Grand Ronde said a 2008 project to add a turn lane on the highway destroyed an area known as the Place of Big, Big Trees, which was home to a burial ground, an historic campground, medicinal plants, old growth Douglas firs, and a stone altar. Carol Logan, an elder and member of the Confederated Tribes of Grand Ron, who was a plaintiff in the case, said she hopes the settlement would prevent the destruction of similar sites in the future. And in sports, another big weekend in the Pac-12 college football on tap. There are four conference games set for tomorrow. 15th-ranked Oregon State is in the Bay Area to face the California Golden Bears. That is a 7 o'clock night game on the Pac-12 television network. 13th-ranked Washington State in Los Angeles to take on UCLA. That's a noon kickoff on the Pac-12 network. Other games tomorrow include USC hosting Arizona and Colorado traveling to Arizona State. Oregon and Washington have the weekend off. Huskies and Ducks will meet next Saturday in mm-hmm. Seattle. That's going to be that's going to be quite the game. So uh, we'll we'll watch for that one next weekend. In the NFL last night, Chicago beat Washington 40 to 20. And speaking of the Bears, mm-hmm. it's legendary linebacker Dick Butkus passed away at the age of 80 yesterday at his home in Malibu, California. The Hall of Famer was the epitome of the monsters of the Midway. Uh, that means a lot to me, Dick Butkus, because when I played football, like Dick Butkus, not nearly as good, obviously. I was a linebacker, and I chose the number 51. Did you really? Because that's what he wore. And ah. so every time I donned that number 51, I thought of Dick Butkus. But believe me, I was a much kinder and gentler linebacker. Than he was fierce. Dick Butkus, yes, he was. One of the best. In the month dedicated to the Most Holy Rosary, Pope Francis noted three aspects of the rosary that should motivate us to pray it regularly. First, he said that the rosary is a compendium of the entire history of our salvation. For many centuries, the Christian faith was spread to many parts of the world through the rosary, a completely biblical prayer. Without access to the printing press or readily available Bibles, the rosary became the primary means of communicating the essence of Christianity. Then the Pope noted the Holy Rosary is a powerful weapon against evil. The rosary's power against Satan is something that many saints have noted, including Padre Pio and St. John Bosco. 
And finally, the Pope said it is an effective means of attaining true peace in our hearts. The rosary is one example of prayer that successfully incorporates both body and soul involving many of the senses. If you have not done so yet, please download the free Hail Mary media app. It has great resources of prayers, including the rosary. The audio prayer section is perfect because I pray the rosary right along with Archbishop Sample Mm -hmm. every afternoon. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And tomorrow at noon for the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary, spend it at the Grotto. Please join the community after the first Saturday St. Peregrine Mass in the Chapel of Mary or in the Upper Gardens along the Via Mattress to pray the Dolores Rosary. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Well, this is a big month in the Archdiocese as it's uh, talking about vocations and seminarians and all of that. So you're going to have an opportunity to hear a vocation story coming right up after the forecast. Catholic Community Services has launched its Winter Warmth Drive. You can help the most vulnerable members of your Lane County community by giving hats, scarves, jackets, gloves, blankets, and socks ahead of the winter season. All through September and October, Lane County residents will be able to drop off their winter clothing donations at participating sites. For a full list of locations or a link to donate online if you don't have the time to drive, visit ccslc.org wwd. ccslc.org wwd. Please join me, Deacon Scott Aiken, as we pray for the holy souls in purgatory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Lord Jesus Christ, King of glory, deliver the souls of all the faithful departed from the pains of hell and from the bottomless pit. Deliver them from the lion's mouth, that hell not swallow them up, that they fall not into the outer darkness. But let the holy standard bearer, Michael the Archangel, Bring them into that holy light, which you promised unto Abraham and his seed. Amen. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and may perpetual light shine upon them. May the souls of all the faithful departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Dina Marie, host of The Voice of the Shepherd, inviting you to join me on my weekly podcast, Faith Moments with Dina Marie, where I proclaim and ponder the Sunday Mass readings, a perfect way to enhance your study of sacred scripture. My Faith Moments podcast is found on your favorite podcast platform or on the Hail Mary Media app. It's easy to download and absolutely free. Check it out today. The Faith Moments with Dina Marie podcast made available thanks to Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 
Saturday is 7.43 at Mater Day Radio. Wow, what a weekend we have coming up. I mean, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all looking like just beautiful days. Today could be 83 degrees. They keep ticking that up a little bit over the last few days, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little even warmer by the afternoon. Could be. I was watching the news, too, last night, and they were saying even the overnight low could be a record for how for the warm highest for, low. for the highest low because it's only supposed to drop to around 61 tonight. Then Saturday again, 83 degrees sunshine. Sunday cools a little bit down to 77, but then Monday, well, guess what? The rain comes back. So uh, we get our, maybe like I said earlier, our last uh, bastion of 80 degree days here. So uh, go out and enjoy it. Currently, it is 64 degrees at St. Henry's Catholic Church in Gresham. And 48 degrees at Marist Catholic High School in Eugene. National Vocation Awareness Week, celebrated November 5th to the 11th, is an annual week-long celebration of the Catholic Church in the United States dedicated to promoting vocations to the priesthood, the diaconate, and consecrated life through prayer and education. In the weeks leading up to this week, here in the Archdiocese of Portland, they're highlighting a different religious vocation each week. And joining me today to share about his vocation and how his priesthood in a religious order differs from the diocesan priesthood, it is Father Francesco DePoint. He is the pastor at St. Henry's Catholic Church in Gresham. Good morning, Father Francesco. Thank you so much for joining me today. Good morning. It's my pleasure to be with you. So if someone were to look up your name and email in the St. Henry's Parish website, after your name, it says... O-J-S-S. Tell our listeners about what that stands for and what are the charisms of your order. Well, I'm a part of a a small clerical association that was founded in the 90s. Uh, The work of Jesus the High Priest, and those those letters represent the Latin form thereof, Opus Jesus Sumus Sacerdotum. We're a small community. We have about 65 priests and about 200 sisters at the moment, so I guess not that small anymore. Um, Yeah, we were founded in the 90s. Really, along with so many other groups, um, kind of as part of this renewal process that we've been seeing in the church with the foundation of many new groups with different new charisms, ours happens to be to work very much for the renewal of the priesthood, renewal of the church, by bringing uh, the church and, and the faithful back to a life of the sacraments, to this faithfulness to the Holy Father, to a, a deep Marian devotion. We also promote very much the the divine mercy. And so these kind of become the, the real pillars and the foundations of, of what our spirituality is. And so as such, we work as missionaries in quite a few different countries of the world. Um, and with a charism that broad, it allows us to work, be it in schools or guys, some are in the Vatican, others are in parishes like here in the States. Father Francesco, you were highlighted in a recent social media post from the Archdiocese of Portland where you say, my vocation story can only be understood in the Eucharist, which has been a theme throughout my life. Please, can you explain that for us? You know, it started for me, um, I was living in Denver at the time as a high school student, and I had gone to World Youth Day. After returning from World Youth Day, I spoke with a priest um, who said to me at the time, Whatever your vocation might be, if you're called to be a priest or, or, or to, uh, to be a family father, whatever the case might be, it will be in your fidelity to the Eucharist that you're faithful to your vocation. And he encouraged me at that time to start going to daily Mass and or adoration as was possible. 
And I was fortunate that the church that I was in had daily adoration, sorry, perpetual adoration every day, and also a daily mass early enough in the morning that I could start going to that. And that really became um, the foundational part of my vocation. And it's been true throughout my vocation that the more faithful I was to my devotion to the Eucharist, to taking that time in prayer before the Blessed Sacrament, to prayerfully taking part in, in the Eucharist, the more joyful and successful and fulfilled I was in my vocation. If you are just tuning in, I'm talking this morning with Father Francesco de Poit. He is the pastor at St. Henry's Catholic Church in Gresham and is part of the order, Work of Jesus the High Priest. So while you are a pastor at St. Henry's in Gresham, I imagine all of that work as a pastor the same, whether you're a religious ordered priest or a diocesan priest. But maybe for our listeners, explain how you see being a priest in a religious order differs than the diocesan priests that we would most ordinarily come across in our parishes. I mean, I guess the biggest difference is the diocesan priest belongs truly to his diocese. We, being a missionary community, um, can be sent virtually anywhere. I started my, my first vocation, or my first parish, was in Uruguay. After that, I spent 12 years in Kazakhstan, which is then quite a shift to go from there to here. Um, so that obviously is a difference in that I can end up serving literally anywhere in the world. But once you get down to it, once I'm in a parish, we're a pastor. We're a father for the people that are entrusted to us the same. In that, that regard, it doesn't differ between diocesan or religious because we're there entirely for the people that get the Lord is entrusted to our care. Father, you were the pastor there at St. Henry's. It has a growing Hispanic community. How do you see the life of the church expressed in your particular parish? Well, we're very fortunate um, in that we do have such a vibrant uh, bilingual community. We have the, the, the Anglo side was where it began, but it has grown and continues to grow with our, with our Hispanics. And I have to say one of the things that I've been really placing an emphasis on since I arrived is to integrate those communities, to try to make them more and more one family. Um, obviously, the linguistic barrier is always there, but I think that the hearts uh, of the parishioners is, are very much open to the idea of being one community. And so we do. We see, like with many of the Hispanic communities in our archdiocese, we see a great um, number of our sacraments being celebrated there. They have large numbers of baptisms, weddings, uh, and which is a wonderful thing to see, that, that vibrant young side to the parish. And so hopefully that in its time will reinvigorate also the rest of the parish. Father, as we talked about earlier, that you talked about your vocation can only be understood in the Eucharist. While there is that language barrier in your own parish, which at times makes it difficult to relate the unity in the Blessed Sacrament. That is the vocation story of your parish. Tell our listeners yeah. about how the Eucharist, how is that the center of a parish life there? I mean, truly, all parish life begins from and flows back towards its Eucharistic devotion. That is the very reason we even have the churches. I mean, in a very literal sense, the center of every church is the tabernacle with the Blessed Sacrament. And that's not just symbolic. That is also um, very much the spiritual reality. The Life of a parish depends entirely on its Eucharistic devotion. If we lose that genuine love of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, if our faith begins to wane and, we, and it becomes this superficial, this is our gathering space, as opposed to this is where we come to encounter Christ in the Eucharist, 
that is the death knell of a parish. That is a parish that is on its last legs and has only a short time to live before the people start to filter away and, 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 and leave. On the other hand, where there is that genuine, fervent love of the Holy Eucharist, where you find people who are truly aware, I am in the presence of God, then even if they're not as catechized as, as one might like, still that devotion begins to flourish, that love begins to flourish, and it's infectious. It draws other people in. It makes other people realize I'm in the presence of something which is beyond me, which transcends me, and that I need. Father Francesco Dupoit is the pastor at St. Henry's Catholic Church talking to us today about his vocation. Father Francesco, those who have diocesan priests as pastors or even as auxiliary priests in their parishes, we get the understanding of we have a pastor for six years. Sometimes they re-up, we get them for six more years, but then they're moved to another parish within the diocese. For you then, how does your future as a priest is lived out here in Portland. Do you have a set number of years left that you'll be here, or are you waiting for your bishop to assign you to a new location? Well, like any other priest uh, working in a parish in the diocese of uh, the Archdiocese of Portland, I have a six-year contract, and that's also renewable, just like any other priest here in the Archdiocese. The difference then becomes is typically when a religious community has taken over a parish, it typically stays within that same community. So most likely, unless things were to change, uh, even when I'm no longer pastor, it will be one of my confreres, one of my other brother priests, who would then take over responsibility for St. Henry. Now, that's that's very much into the future. You know, that's we all live by divine providence, as I said. Uh, a year ago, I was still in Kazakhstan. So yeah. <laughs> well, actually, no, it's wow. over many years. Two years ago, I was still in Kazakhstan. So things can change very quickly. So, you know, that's up to God's providence. But the plan is very much to, to be here for the long haul. Oh, and I'm sure your parishioners there at St. Henry uh, live in the moment because every day that I'm sure they have to spend with you, that you lead them closer to our Lord is a blessed time indeed. Father Francesco, I really appreciate your time and sharing your journey with us today. Before we go, will you end us in prayer and your blessing? Yes. So now, especially in this year of Eucharistic revival, in a very special way, we pray that the Lord may inspire in our hearts a deeper love of Him that we may be given this grace and this blessing to recognize him in the Eucharist and to recognize that he is truly with us always until the end of times in all of our needs and all of our necessities. And so we ask the Lord's blessing now upon all of our listeners, that the Lord may bless you, that he may bless your families through you, that he may truly accompany you, heal you, console you. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father Francesco, thank you so much for your time today. God bless you, and thank you so much for your vocation to priesthood in our community. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be with you. And it is 7.54 right here on Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend on this Friday. Brenda, you ready? I am getting ready this weekend. I know All where you're right. going. That's right. On Monday, when we come back, we will kick off the 2023 Fall share That'll happen October 9th through the 13th, all next week, Monday through Friday. We're going to have a wonderful time. Great guests lined up, volunteers in here answering your telephones. 
Uh, it's just going to be a wonderful week. We always enjoy Sherathon. Busy week, but an important week mm-hmm. for us because this is how we raise our operational funds for Mater Day Radio. So uh, we do appreciate all the support we receive over the years, either through our fall Sherathon or the spring Sherathon. And of course, you can help us out by making that pledge. And you can do it now, too, if you'd like to get a jump on it. You go to our website, we have the be changed. That's the theme for the fall Sherathon. All the information right there. There's a give now button. You can you can give a secure online pledge through the website and get us off to a great start. It is the fall Sherathon all next week, October 9th through the 13th. Details on the website, materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary Media app. Romans 4.21 assures us that whatever God has promised, He is able to perform. St. Peter Catholic Church in Newburgh is fulfilling the promise with its challenging campaign to build a new church to accommodate large growth with more space for worship, sacramental life, service, faith formation, testimony, and solace. See the new church design and learn more at stpeternewburgor.org. That's stpeternewburgor.org. And join us in fulfilling the promise. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. This is Modern Day Radio. KBVM Portland, Salem, Vancouver. KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield. Translator K235BF, Eugene. And streaming at moderndayradio.com. Support for Modern Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. What do you get when you cross a Catholic radio show host and a permanent deacon? A match made in heaven. I'm Deacon Scott Aiken from the Archdiocese of Seattle. And I'm Brenda Aiken from The Morning Blend. Work and family life can be hectic. We understand, and together we'll find God's grace. We may not always agree, but we are always faithful. Listen on Friday evenings at 7.30 and Sunday evenings at 6 as we share stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Right here on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend, Western Oregon and Southwest Washington's number one Catholic morning show. On the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Mater Day Radio. It is 7.57 at Mater Day Radio. We're going to talk a little cooking safety in the news, so stay with us for that. And car thefts in Portland at an all-time high, but a federal grant aims to put thieves behind bars. I'll have that story for you coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hi everyone, I'm Colleen with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. Today's saint is the founder of the Carthusian Order of Monks, St. Bruno of Cologne. Born sometime around the year 1030 in Cologne, Germany, Bruno was raised among the wealthy in society. After receiving an education in theology, he was ordained a priest in 1055, and after only a year serving in his native land, was commissioned by Bishop Gervais to become the leader of the Episcopal School in Reims, France. Eventually, in 1075, Bruno was appointed Chancellor of the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Reims. Unfortunately, it was at this time that Manassas de Guarnay became the new bishop of that diocese. Manassas was a violent aristocrat with no real love for the church. In 1077, they had him suspended from his duties as bishop. 
In retaliation, Manassas had his men raise the houses of his accusers to the ground. Bruno was forced to leave his position in France and fled to Rome to plead his case against the violent Bishop of Reims. Finally, in 1080, a riot broke out, forcing Manassas to finally withdraw and take refuge with the Holy Roman Emperor, Henry IV, who stood in fierce opposition to Pope Gregory VII. With Manassas finally gone, the Pope now offered Bruno the position of bishop, but he heartily refused the honor, choosing instead to make a vow renouncing all secular concerns. Together with six companions, he withdrew from Reims and went to the Bishop of Grenoble, who installed Bruno and his companions in an uninhabited mountainous region of the Lower Alps, in a place called Chartreuse. And it was there in 1084 that Bruno established his hermitage. Taking a vow of poverty, abstaining from meat, doing bread and water fasts on Fridays, and wearing hair shirts, the lives of these hermits is strictly ordered. Today, there are 23 charter houses, 18 for monks, and five for nuns. After only six years of living in the quiet peace of his mountainous monastery, Bruno was called to Rome by his former pupil, Pope Urban II, to serve as a trusted advisor during the struggle between the church and the Roman emperor, Henry IV, who sought to control through his anti-pope, Clement III. Bruno served in the background of history during this struggle, avoiding the fierce political rivalries within Rome. Bruno begged that the pope might let him return to the life of a hermit, which he was eventually granted. He retired to Calabria, Italy, where he settled his second hermitage at La Torre in 1091. In 1101, Bruno went to be with the Lord in a place known as Serra San Bruno in the region of Calabria. Bruno sought a simple life. He could easily have taken the prestigious positions of power that were offered to him, but instead, he chose to serve God in less opulent ways. Through his example, we have the beautiful Carthusian order and a vision for the simplicity of faith that God requires of all of us. St. Bruno of Cologne, pray for us. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints and to pray with Mater Day Radio, please download our free Hail Mary Media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 801. The faith community of St. Dominic Parish in Brick, New Jersey, celebrated the life of Blessed Carlo Acutis on October 1st with a very special guest among them, Acutis' mother, Antonia Salzano. After the Mass concluded, Salzano took a relic of her son from the hands of Bishop David O'Connell of the Diocese of Trenton, and together they processed to the narthex where a new shrine to Acutus was blessed. In her remarks to the faithful gathered for the celebration, Salzano declared, Sainthood is for everyone. Carlo became a saint by practicing the seven theological and cardinal futures, virtues. She emphasized this is what makes us all saints. Blessed Carlo's journey to the Diocese of Trenton began several years ago when Father Marian Kokorski, parochial vicar of St. Dominic Parish, brought a relic of Blessed Carlo back from a pilgrimage to Assisi for the diocese. Bishop O'Connell supported the idea of a shrine at the parish devoted to the new Blessed. Then in April of 2022, O'Connell declared Blessed Carlo Acutis the patron of students in his diocese. Now, the cost of financing a home surged again this week as the average long-term U.S. mortgage rate climbed to its highest level since December 2000. 
further dimming the affordability outlook for many would-be home buyers. Now, the average rate on the benchmark 30-year home loan rose to 7.49%. That's up from 7.31% last week, according to mortgage buyer Freddie Mac. A year ago, the rate average was 6.66%. Now, the average rate on a 30-year mortgage is now more than double what it was two years ago when it was just under 3% combination of elevated rates and low home inventory has worsened the affordability crunch by keeping home prices near all-time highs, even as sales of previously occupied U.S. homes have fallen 21% through the first eight months of this year versus the same stretch in 2022. This is the fourth consecutive week that mortgage rates have moved higher. The city of Portland will get an $800,000 grant to address rampant vehicle thefts in the city. The Department of Justice grant to the city of Portland will help the Portland Police Bureau collect data on stolen cars and develop a digital database to help officers better identify vehicles stolen in the city. Portland has seen over 10,000 reported vehicle thefts so far in 2023. Wow. Let me say that again. 10,000 10, this year alone. So, yeah, factor that daily. How many is that yeah, a day? I that's mean, on really? average, they say, 35 a day. Crazy. Noting that a majority of thefts have occurred in the Hazelwood, Northwest, Lentz, and downtown areas. The grant comes after the Multnomah County District Attorney's Office, in partnership with PPB, created Organized Retail Theft and Auto Theft Task Force after violent stolen vehicle attempts. From 2019 to 2022, auto thefts in the area rose 68%, with 2022 setting an all-time record for theft. Now, a number of cases have been dropped by the courts due to lack of public defenders. However, they say adding staff will help lead to successful prosecutions. Well, as we usher in fall, the Oregon State Fire Marshal wants to remind everyone of the importance of fire safety when cooking. Each year, October is designated as Fire Prevention Month in Oregon. This year's theme is Cooking Safety Starts With You, Pay Attention to Fire Prevention. Officials say the importance of cooking fire safety for all should be top of mind. It is the number one cause of home fires in Oregon. In 2022, of the nearly 3,000 reported residential fires in Oregon, more than 500 were connected to cooking. Here are some safety tips for you now. Keep a close eye on what you're cooking. Never leave cooking unattended. Clear the cooking area of things that can burn, like dish towels, oven mitts, etc. Don't put water on a grease fire. And create a kid and pet free zone around the cooking area. Because you know how you could have a handle hanging off the stove yep. or something. No, some kid could come by, knock it over. So. My dogs constantly get underfoot when I'm cooking because yeah. they're hoping something will drop and uh, a little uh, get out of here usually <laughs> yeah. uh, gets everybody scattered, including the grown-ups and kids. Well, I'm guilty of this, too, because I think I've maybe told this story before, but I was uh, Thanksgiving was making a turkey, and I had opened up the oven to uh, baste the turkey, and I had a potholder, and I laid the potholder on the oven door, and without even thinking, I closed the oven door. Oh. All of a sudden, somebody goes, Cause what smells like smoke? Opened it up, and there was the oven mitt smoldering in the oven. <laughs> so Yikes. 
fortunately, no big flames, but had to pull it out. And it's just like, there you go. There's a perfect example. And and so innocently. Yeah. Right? yeah you didn't, didn't even think, think about, about it. it. Yeah. Right. So, but anyway, be careful cooking. Well, you're wanting to take a little weekend road trip up north. Here's a great reason to stop in Seattle. The restaurant football fans have been waiting for is now open in Bellevue. Legion Sports Bar, owned by Legion of Boom members Richard Sermon and Cam Chandler, located inside Lincoln Square North. It features an elevated soul food menu, comfortable sports bar seating, and 25 big screen TVs for watching the game. Nice. They spent three years working on the project with restaurateur Leilani Wong. Former football players aren't just owners in name. They took a hands-on approach to the business. Everything in this restaurant, pretty much everything, was picked out by Cam and Leilani. They styled it, the decor, the lighting, every piece of artwork in this place comes from Seattle, a locally-based artist, Sherman said. Now, Cam spent many hours putting together the tables himself, and he hung every one of the 25 TVs in the restaurant. Sherman said the goal is to run the restaurant using the same principles and values he and Chandler developed on the football field. He said it's brotherhood, camaraderie, it's overcoming adversity, it's accountability, it's humility, it's love and appreciation. How fun. Said. Yeah, if you're going to a Seahawks game, that'd be kind of fun. That yeah. would be a lot of fun. Yeah. So yeah, it uh, Legion Sports Bar. The Legion of Boom. The Legion of I Boom. I love that. That's awesome. Uh, speaking of sports, Major League Baseball Division Series get underway tomorrow. At 10 a.m., the Texas Rangers face the Orioles in Baltimore on FS1. Then at 1.45, it is the Minnesota Twins at the Houston Astros. That's also on FS1. 3 o'clock, the Atlanta Braves host the Philadelphia Phillies on TBS. And then the wrap-up game at 6.20 in the evening Features the Arizona Diamondbacks at the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's also on TBS. So the division series are a best-of-five format. Seventh-ranked University of Portland men's soccer team has a road match tonight at Santa, Santa Clara at 7 o'clock. Both the Pilots and the Broncos are 1-0 in West Coast Conference play. October 5th was the feast day of St. Faustina. Now, while St. Faustina was accustomed to praying the rosary on a regular basis, she resolved to pray the rosary in a special way on Saturdays. Saturdays are traditionally the days devoted to the Virgin Mary as they recall the time Mary spent on Holy Saturday mourning over the loss of her son, Jesus. St. Faustina explains in her diary that she received permission on Saturdays to say five decades of the rosary with outstretched arms. She listed as a small mortification in comparison to the suffering that Jesus suffered on the cross. She would often turn to the rosary and did so when confronted with demonic spirits. She prayed the rosary and the spirits went away. And the rosary was an important part of St. Faustina's life, and her funeral was even on October 7th, the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. So we can learn from her devotion to the rosary and discern how we can incorporate it into our spiritual lives. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. On Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday is the Queen of Peace Parish Mission with guest mission speaker Miriam Marston. 
Built for Beatitudes, Seeking Holiness in Daily Life. Dinner begins at 5.30 each night. And they ask you to please RSVP for dinner and child care. And remember, you can uh, find more details on this and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. And we're going to tell you about a women's prayer retreat happening at St. Cyril Church in Wilsonville tomorrow. It's right after the forecast. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Good morning. Please join me, Father Martin King, pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic School and Parish in this morning prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, enlighten my mind with truth, inflame my heart with love, inspire my will with courage, enrich my life with service, pardon what I have been, sanctify what I am. Order what I shall be, and thine shall be the glory, and mine eternal salvation. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a nonprofit religious entity committed to providing superior, compassionate, life affirming health care to patients of all ages. We are looking for an experienced medical assistant who is passionate about our mission of respecting the dignity of each person, mind, body, and spirit. If you or someone you know is looking to make a difference, please contact Holy Family Catholic Clinic by sending an email to nelson at holyfamilyclinic.com. It's the last few days before Monterey Radio's 2023 Fall Shareathon opens on Monday, October 9th. And we need your help to make this a successful broadcast event. Be changed and celebrate the power of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament during this week of thankful celebration. To prepare for this big broadcast event, please prayerfully consider making a gift to help us build a strong matching fund. Your support now will have a substantial impact on the success of Monterey Radio's 2023 Fall share by providing joyful encouragement for other listeners to match your financial generosity. To learn more and make your matching gift now, go to MonterdayRadio.com or the Hail Mary Media app and be changed by Christ in the Holy Eucharist during the 2023 Fall share coming October 9th through 13th to Monterey Radio the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is 8.13 here at Mater Day Radio. We'll bring on these beautiful sunny days and warm temperatures. A bit breezy this afternoon, especially areas east of I-205. Warm weather through the afternoon. High is going to push today. 83, wow. 84 degrees. You can already tell it's going to be a warm mm-hmm. day. Overnight, we stay in the low 60s, and Saturday looks like a lot of today, 
uh, 83 degrees. Sunday, mostly sunny, 78. Looking forward to it. 50 degrees at St. Edward's Church in Lebanon. And 55 degrees at St. Mary's Catholic Church up in Castle Rock, Washington. Well, if you are looking for a spirit-filled morning, look no further than St. Cyril Catholic Church in Wilsonville, Saturday, October 7th. That's where Mary Sharon Moore will be leading a Women's First Saturday morning prayer retreat from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. Mary Sharon's name may be familiar to longtime Matre Day radio listeners as she could be heard on KBVM back in the day, and she joins us this morning. How are you, Mary Sharon? I am fine, and it's good to be with you, David, and with all your listeners. Well, thank you so much for being with us. And, you know, remind me and our listeners back in the day on KBVM about your program, what you did. Well, uh, one series I did was on uh, vocation discernment. Right. And not just what should I do with my life, but who am I becoming? (laughs) Who am I uh, meant to be? And... uh, I was thinking just the other day that our real vocation is to be ourself. Yeah, that's a great point. Which was the wholeness of ourself in God. But, you know, it's pretty easy. But I really enjoyed giving that vocation series. And I think I did another one on celibate life and... Did a few series. Yeah, no, I I do remember that. Well, it's great to have you back on again, and now you have this retreat coming up on October 7th, as I mentioned, at St. Cyril Catholic Church, a a women's retreat, and it's titled Essentials of Prayer for the Christ-Centered Life. So tell us about the retreat. It is uh, essentials that I'm talking about. So the retreat is in three parts. Uh, The first is How to Pray. And I'm going to lead uh, participants through a little exercise there. And then the second one is why we pray. And this takes a little bit deeper dive where I talk about prayer. Our prayer is a response to an invitation. We're being invited continually to uh, live deeper in the one who calls us, the one who invites us. Then the third part is talking about the risk of what I call beautiful prayer. Mm. It's not the prayer that comes with a lot of wordy words and driven by our left brain. It's prayer that is heart to heart. So I really break that open. And there's a story I share uh, that threads all the way through the retreat as kind of a a teaching moment. So uh, an endearing little story and some exercises and some take-home ideas and practices, and yeah, it's going to be good. Oh, wonderful. You know, it's interesting you talk about prayer, because we've talked about this before on the show in different ways, and that is the fact that I think sometimes we think, you know, prayer is just, okay, you have to say the Our Father or the Hail Mary, which is wonderful, which is fine if that's what you choose to do, and I think we all do that. But there are other forms of prayer, too. You don't have to essentially do it that way, and it kind of sounds like that's what you're doing here. I do share that the essentials of prayer for me are the Liturgy of the Hours, the Eucharistic Prayer, uh, and intercessions, those are my go-to daily ha- have-to-do sure. kind of things. Then I also talk about, I'll lead the retreatants in a exercise of praying for what is right in front of you, for what you see right in front of you. And I tell the story how I'm sitting at a bus stop waiting for the bus, and I pray 
about whatever is right in front of me, which is the psych ward of the hospital that's across the street from where I'm sitting. Oh, yeah. And a, a man who approaches the bus platform with a huge uh, 30-gallon bag of empty cans, and he's looking in the trash can to find more empty cans. And so these situations become the, the matter of my prayer. We can pray anywhere. Right. You know, sitting in the car or standing in line at the post office or wherever we are. Yeah. And uh, it becomes very immediate in that way. You know, and I think, too, you, you talk about sitting there. You could be sitting near a stream. You could be sitting looking at the sky. And yes. it can be this contemplative approach as well, can it be? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> In fact, looking at an Oregon, a Western Oregon sky and watching the cloud forms, you immediately fall into prayer without even trying. Mm, that's beautiful. Again, we're speaking with Mary Sharon Moore. She will be leading a Women's First Saturday morning prayer retreat from 9.30 to 11.30 at St. Cyril's Catholic Church in Wilsonville. Again, that's October 7th, 9.30 to 11.30. The title is Essentials of Prayer for the Christ-Centered Life. We talk about vocations, and we started talking about your former show. How did you come to do what you're doing? One thing just led to another. (laughs) I've had some actual paying jobs, like in companies. Sure. And uh, there came a point when I realized I need to go back and finish my master's degree, which had broken off, mm-hmm. you know, 17 years earlier. And then I finished my degree, and I left my job, and I did a, a, quite an extensive tour uh, throughout the Archdiocese of Portland, leading a weekend retreat and master class mm-hmm. on a, a formation for liturgical ministers. And then the writing sort of happened, and the speaking sort of happened, and one thing led to another, and I don't know, it was pretty easy. It happened organically. Sure. When I say easy, I mean organically. Yeah. I, I should ask you, too, about your retreat coming up on Saturday. Do women need to sign up for this, or do they just show up? What's the process? Well, I think they can show up, or they can call St. Cyril Church. I don't have that phone number sure. right in front of me. But they can call and say, hey, you know, I want to be there, count me in. I hope we're going to be a happy rocking group. <laughs> yeah, no, that's wonderful. I, I want to bring up a quote I was reading on your website, in fact, that I, I found very interesting, and uh, you can direct folks to your website as well. But you say, I believe deeply that you and I are holy. Every time we show up, pay attention, notice things, and act in the justice, generosity, and joy of the reign of God. That's really a beautiful quote. Explain that a little bit. Wow. Well, you know, tying this into prayer, oftentimes people will say, my prayer is so dry, I can't seem to get any energy in it, it's not going anywhere. And I ask people, I ask them, so tell me a little bit about where you show up in your world. Yeah. (laughs) They go like, well, no, I want to talk about this prayer that's dry. And I go like, no, no, tell me where you show up. Because if we want to follow Jesus, we have to go where he goes and love whom and what he loves. So that's the deal about mature Christian faith. We kind of have to go where he goes. And the Gospels, of course, continually show him uh, showing up among those who suffer. 
Right, exactly. In one way or another. Mm. So, you know, how we live our life is the entree into how we grow spiritually, how we enter into communion with God, communion with one another, with our world, how we grow in holiness. It's all of a piece. That's beautiful. Tell our listeners how, how they can learn more about your work and what you're doing. Yeah, well, there are a few ways. My website is just my name, MarySharonMoore.com, and my, my books are there. You can read sample pages of my books in the store. Another way is to check out my YouTube channel, where I do um, bite-sized pieces of inspiration and insight. And then also, I do have a Spotify page. I have some audio spoken word uh, albums, two albums in particular, uh, Free to be Free and Living as Jesus Taught. So you can hear me telling some stories, which are pretty engaging, pretty funny, pretty heartfelt. So um, those are some ways to to, um, catch my work. Excellent. Again, she's Mary Sharon Moore. She'll be leading a Women's First Saturday morning prayer retreat from 9.30 to 11.30 at St. Cyril Catholic Church in Wilsonville. That is on October 7th. Essentials of Prayer for the Christ-Centered Life. Mary Sharon, great to talk with you. Thanks for sharing your story, and I'm sure it's going to be a wonderful retreat. Thank you so much, David, and just Abundant blessings to you, to everyone at Modern Day Radio, and all your listeners. Thank you so much. God bless. Thank you. Bye-bye. It is 823 here at Modern Day Radio. Well, that event is one of many things happening tomorrow. You can find all the details on our community calendar. You're going to access it on uh, materdayradio.com under the Get Involved menu. You'll also have access to the community calendar on the Hail Mary media app. Boy, this retreat with Mary Sharon Moore, the Rosary Bowl is happening tomorrow up at the Grotto. There's going to be a, a special event for First Saturdays in St. Peregrine in the praying of the Dolors Rosary as well. Many more events coming up in next week and into next week. And of course, remember, Fall share begins on Monday right here at Mater Day Radio. So a busy time here in the area, and so there's plenty to do. You can find it all on our community calendar. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Support from Matra Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Jade Bistro and Patisserie, located on Southeast 13th in Portland's Selwood neighborhood. The Jade Bistro is family-run, serving Vietnamese and Thai cuisine with influences from France and Laos. French pastries are available daily, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Information can be found online at jadeportland.com. 
With the autumn season comes football and tailgating, and there's no better way to score a touchdown than by passing that old vehicle of yours to Mater Day Radio. We're happy to accept your donation of a car, truck, van, RV, or boat. It's quick and easy and a likely tax deduction for you. Not only that, you are joining a winning team that's supporting a faith-filled Catholic broadcast. So score some points by checking out our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. Morning may have broken, but don't fret. David and Brenda can fix it. The Morning Blend, on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. 826 at Mater Day Radio. And we'll tell you about a great place this weekend to view the autumn colors. That's coming up in the news. And Newport has a regular influx of visitors to the coast. But this past weekend, it was a heavenly choir of priests. Priests from the Archdiocese gathered for their convocation and honored this year's jubilarians. I'll have that story for you, plus more coming up in the news. Here's Francesca Battistelli. He knows my name. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
That is Francesca Battistelli, and he knows my name. It is 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. This week, the priests of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon gathered together in Newport, Oregon for the annual convocation. During these four days of prayer, fellowship, and learning, they celebrated this year's jubilarians. They invite all of us to join them in praying for these remarkable men, our earthly shepherds, and celebrating a 25th, 50th, or 60th anniversary of ordination. For their 60th anniversary includes Father Richard Berg, Father Francis Chun, and Father Kenneth Hume. 50th ordination anniversary to Father Kevin Clark, Father James Coleman, Monsignor Richard Honiger, Father Kenneth Olson, and Father Charles Zach. And happy 25th ordination anniversary to Father Nazario Adukunda, Father William Dillard, Father Jose Gonzalez, Father Jorge Hernandez, Father Francis Fung, Father Christopher Weekly, and Monsignor John Syak. Hey, well, congratulations to all of them. That's wonderful. Well, the 2023 Nobel Peace Prize has been awarded to jailed Iranian activist Narjis Mohammadi for her fight against the oppression of women in Iran and her fight to promote human rights and freedom for all, the Norwegian Nobel Committee announced in Oslo today. In awarding the prize to Mohammadi, the Nobel Committee said it recognizes the hundreds of thousands of people in the preceding year that have demonstrated against the theocratic regime's policies of discrimination and oppression targeting women. Mohammadi, 51 years of age, has been sentenced to more than 30 years in prison and has been banned from seeing her husband and children. Her name has become synonymous with the battle for human rights in Iran. She was one of 351 candidates for this year's award, the second highest number in the history of the Nobels. The chief promoter of St. Teresa of Calcutta's cause for canonization says a new film about the beloved saint is hampered by what they call grave errors in how its producers approach the life of the celebrated nun. Father Brian Kolodeschuk, the the director of the Mother Teresa Center and the postulator of the cause of beatification and canonization of Mother Teresa, said in a statement before the release of the movie, Mother Teresa and Me, that its creators committed several crucial errors in portraying the doubt St. Teresa experienced in her life, even as she devoted herself to living out the gospel in her care for the sick and poor. The film's writer and director, Kamal Musail, claimed on the film's website before it was revised that the film's portrayal of St. Teresa is more true to life because of its treatment of how she lost her faith and apparently never recovered from it, it said. Yet Father Brian has criticized this characterization of St. Teresa as inaccurate. He said, as her own writings attest, one of the most profound things about Mother Teresa is that she never lost her faith, even amid desolation and uncertainty. Well, this is going to be a stunning weekend to check out the autumn colors. And if you were searching for a place to go, look no further than Hoyt Arboretum, just a few miles from downtown Portland. Yelp has ranked it as the 11th best place in the country for viewing fall foliage. 
Hoyt Arboretum is located on 189 acres in southwest Portland. It's part of the Washington Park Complex of Parks. features 12 miles of trails and more than 2,300 species of plants from six continents. One Yelp reviewer called it an absolutely gorgeous place to be able to walk around amongst coastal redwoods, giant sequoias, and numerous other varieties all in one place was simply breathtaking. The grounds offer several walking and hiking trails of varying difficulty and accessibility. The Arboretum grounds are open from 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. daily, and admission is free. There is also a visitor center. So uh, there you go. What a great opportunity this weekend. So does the Hoyt Arboretum share the parking lot with the Oregon Zoo? Is that a different location? Uh, You know, I think that you can access the Hoyt Arboretum. There's kind of the, the road goes out past the zoo and it winds around it's pretty vast up there i mean i've driven up there mm-hmm. uh, yeah and there's a lot of different locales i'm not quite sure how it all interconnects but you can certainly get to it i think that way the u.s government has agreed to help restore a sacred native american site on the slopes of oregon's mount hood that was destroyed by highway construction capping more than 15 years of legal battles that went all the way to the u.s supreme court In a settlement filed with the high court Thursday, the U.S. Department of Transportation and other federal agencies agreed to replant trees and aid in efforts to rebuild an altar at a site along U.S. Highway 26 that tribes said had been used for religious purposes since time immemorial. Members of the Confederated Tribes and Bands of the Yakima Nation and Confederate Tribes of Grand Ronde said a 2008 project to add a turn lane on the highway destroyed an area known as the Place of Big, Big Trees, which was home to a burial ground, a historic campground, medicinal plants, old-growth dug firs, in a stone altar. Carol Logan, an elder and member of the Confederate Tribes of Grand Rob, who was a plaintiff in the case, said she hopes the settlement would prevent the destruction of similar sites in the future. In sports, another big weekend of Pac-12 college football is on tap. There are four conference games set for tomorrow. 15th-ranked Oregon State is in the Bay Area to face the California Golden Bears. That's a 7 o'clock night game on the Pac-12 television network. 13th-ranked Washington State in Los Angeles to take on UCLA. So that's a noon kickoff tomorrow on the Pac-12 network. Other games tomorrow include USC hosting Arizona and Colorado traveling to Arizona State. So Oregon and Washington have the weekend off. That gives them time to prepare for each other. Is it? Because they have a big game next Saturday. That's going to be in Seattle, Okay. by the way. So uh, that will be a big one for sure. Uh, in the NFL, last night, Chicago beat Washington 40-20. to And speaking of the Bears, it's legendary linebacker Dick Butkus. He passed away at the age of 80 yesterday at his home in Malibu, California. The Hall of Famer was the epitome of what was known as the Monsters of the Midway. Mm. So what a player. Amazing. In the month dedicated to the most holy rosary, Pope Francis noted three aspects of the rosary that should motivate us 
to pray it regularly. First, he said that the rosary is a compendium, the entire history of our salvation. For many centuries, the Christian faith was spread to many parts of the world through the rosary, a completely biblical prayer. Without access to the printing press or readily available Bibles, the rosary became the primary means of communicating the essence of Christianity. Then the Pope noted the Holy Rosary is a powerful weapon against evil. The Rosary's power against Satan is something that many saints have noted, including Padre Pio and St. John Bosco. And finally, the Pope said it is an effective means of obtaining true peace in our hearts. The Rosary is one example of prayer that successfully incorporates both body and soul involving many senses. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And next Thursday at 5.30 p.m. is St. John's Society 2023 Celebration Dinner happening at the Cascade Crest Ballroom at the Oregon Zoo. Join the St. John's Society for an evening celebrated the fruit of its evangelization and the growth of the Society's mission in the Portland area. This year's program theme will be Sent by Jesus into the world and the church to be salt and light. Remember, you can find details on these and many events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. And we'll tell you about an event coming up in Eugene for both parents and teens. That's right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Mater Day Radio is supported by our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. Operated by the Archdiocese of Portland, services include the recently completed Gethsemane Funeral Home, located on the grounds of Gethsemane Cemetery in Happy Valley. The new funeral home provides burial services to the Catholic community, regardless of cemetery choice. For more information, visit ccpdxor.com. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. And it is 841 at Mater Day Radio. Just a beautiful day today. Sunny skies, high of 83 degrees. Clear overnight tonight, just down to 61. You're low. And then Saturday, Sunday, mostly sunny. High 83 Saturday, high 77 for Sunday. Currently 58 degrees at the Proto-Cathedral of St. James the Greater in Vancouver. And 57 degrees at St. Andre Bassett Catholic Church, downtown Portland. Pope Francis said the most beautiful thing God made... So the Bible tells us was the family. He created man and woman and he gave them everything. He entrusted the world to them. 
but the family is under attack like never before. So how can we protect and heal our families when so much is trying to tear them apart? Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Cottage Grove has teamed up with St. Mary's Catholic Church in Eugene to provide a very special event, a two-for-one, so to speak, to welcome you and your teenagers. Coming up Sunday, October 15th, Jason Everett invites parents, teens, and adults to learn about God's plan for love and the family. Jason is the founder of The Chastity Project and is joining me this morning. Hey, good morning, Jason. Welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks for having me on. Well, I think every generation, Jason, may have thought about the future and wondered what kind of world are we leaving them? I feel that way about my own family, my granddaughter. And the attack on the family is great. And I feel like more than ever, families are under that attack and they're wounded and we're breaking down. How can families protect themselves? And if the family is breaking down, how are we able to protect our teenagers from the bombardment they experience? Yeah. I mean, I want to partially pivot the question in terms of always thinking of in terms of, uh, you know, the family's under attack, the church is under attack. Um, you know, when yeah. our, our Lord brought the apostles up to Caesarea Philippi, and he said, you know, you're Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Um, most Catholics have always read that verse backwards. Um, it doesn't say that, you know, hell will not prevail against the gates of the church, um, because you've got to realize gates are defensive structures. Like, nobody gets attacked by a gate. Hell is the one that has the gates, and the church is the one on the offensive and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against the attack of the church upon it. And so that is actually what the verse means. I mean, Jesus took them to a place, Caesarea Philippi, that was actually a satanic temple, and uh, that's where they used to worship the god Pan, he was like the goat god, and there was a cave there that was considered like the portal to the netherworld, to Hades, this big this cave that water came out of. And Jesus stood in front of all of that, and said, these gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And so the church is the one marching on the offensive. And so instead of thinking, oh, what's the culture going to do to my kids? Let's try to think, okay, what are my kids going to do to this culture? Like, we've got to empower these kids to influence their schools and and their churches, instead of thinking, oh, what's going to happen to my kid on TikTok and on Instagram? And yeah, obviously, we've got to be aware of the threats there, because they're real. I mean, parents need to become computer literate. I mean, some parents like don't even know to, how to open an email attachment, and their kids like hacking into the Pentagon's website for fun after school. <laughs> like, we got to catch up, and we've got to get our heads out of the sand and realize, yeah, like these ideologies are pressing upon the family. But then also to give them the tools that they need to transmit this message of God's plan for human sexuality. Not only is it something we do. Uh, but it's something that we are male and female. And so that's the idea But what, by what we try to do at Chastity Project is give these kids the good news of chastity while empowering the parents uh, to reinforce that message at home. Being able to reinforce that message, like you said, we have got to equip ourselves. We have to have an understanding. I feel in my own family that threat has been technology and there are places that kids go to and it seems very innocent and then before you know it boy kids have traveled down a road that parents were trying to chase after them to divert their journey is it possible and maybe of course i can never lose hope it's always possible with god on our side But how do you keep kids from getting so far down a certain ideology of thinking that we're not having to sprint after them rather than we can just 
continue to guide them so that way they come to us first before they go to the internet to find answers? Yeah, I think one thing that's important is to just try to keep in mind that it's not about like having the talk, like parents asking, like, when do I give my kid the talk? Like it's like kind of this chastity bomb you drop on your kid when he's 13 and it's going to like inoculate him from lust for the rest of his life. Like, no, that's not how it works. I mean, you don't do that with English. You don't do that with math. You know, like, when do I give my kid the math lesson? You know, when do we have the English talk? It's like, no, they they better get 12 years of formation and that stuff before they head off to college got to be the same thing with human sexuality, where you're starting early and often. I mean, obviously, in what's age appropriate for the kid, um, but it's more of a lifelong conversation. And the culture is going to throw so much junk at our kids on the billboards and commercials. We've got to, if we need to use those teachable moments to talk to our kids about this stuff, but then also to be, instead of just reactive to the culture, proactive of like, okay, what is my kid getting exposed to? For example, there's a great resource. If you're a parent listening to this, get a pen and paper out. It's from Focus on the Family. It's called PluggedIn.com. So PluggedIn.com will give you, as a parent, movie, television, video game, and music reviews. So if your kid you know, wants to know, hey, can I go see this movie with my friends? Can we buy Grand Theft Auto video game? Can we watch Game of Thrones on TV? Like, Can we do this? Like, uh, Hold on, let me check. Then you go over to PluggedIn.com, you type in the name of the video game or the movie, and you'll get a thorough Christian review because you don't have the time as a parent to go, well, let me go watch the movie myself and see if it upholds our family values. You don't need to spend that time. And so go to PluggedIn.com. So these resources do exist. You've got that one. Um, you've got tools for like internet safety, like Covenant Eyes or Canopy or the Griffin Router or the Bark app. Like there's a lot of different stuff out there that parents need to familiarize themselves with. And so um, Covenant Eyes, which is a great organization, created this kind of text-to-join thing that I found to be helpful. And what it is, is uh, they'll send you for free every day for a week a, a little video, maybe four minutes long a day, uh, on how to set up a screen safety for your house. Because the parents are busy, and they're like, okay, well, how do I do it on the browser? What about the router? How about these social media apps? What settings should I have on the iPhone? So if you text the word SAFE, S-A-F-E, to the number 66866, so text the word SAFE to 66866. They'll just ask for your email, and then you, you plug it in, and then you'll get a free video for the next week. And by the end of the week, you'll feel like, okay, I, I actually feel like we've got Internet safety set up in home. And so let's be reactive using teachable moments when bad stuff gets thrown on our kids' faces. Um, and then let's also be proactive to avoid the stuff from coming in the door as much as we can. Jason Everett joining us today with so much information to help fortify your faith, your family, and get your kids on the right path towards God. He will be in Eugene, St. Mary's Catholic Church, October 15th from 1.30 to 7 o'clock. This is like a two-for-one talk coming up. You're going to be combining your presentation, Purified and Gender and the Theology of the Body. Tell our listeners a little bit about what they can experience along with their teams on this special evening. Yeah, well, a lot of parents aren't quite sure where to begin talking to their kids about these delicate subjects of gender and chastity. And so we thought, okay, instead of the parent just dropping the kid off and me giving a talk, let's have the parents stay. And I want the parents to hear what I'm going to say to the kids about chastity, about how John Paul taught that it can only be thought of in association with this virtue of love and how they can live out this virtue of chastity, staying away from pornography, dressing modestly, starting over if they've made some mistakes, choosing the right friends, and how to choose the right future spouse. Because Pope Francis said marriage preparation begins at birth. 
This is not something we're supposed to pull the trigger on like four months before the wedding date. That's like triage if you're waiting that long. We've got to do marriage prep for kids that are in eighth grade, sophomores in high school, so they know what real love looks like. And so we've got that first talk on chastity that does that, and then a second talk on the subject of gender. Uh, because like, if you're like me, you've got friends or you even got family members who identify as trans, and, and you're not quite sure how to navigate that. Like, am I supposed to use their preferred pronoun or... You know, they're transitioning. What do I do? Or what if I experience gender dysphoria? What does God think about me? Uh, we'll walk through all those tough things of how to really present the church's teachings with charity as well as with clarity um, without alienating these individuals and helping them to understand that their body isn't the problem. You know, their body doesn't need to be changed. It's their culture that needs to be changed. Because our culture is telling them they have to hurt their body to be their authentic self. And so it's going to be a message of compassion and love for people who wrestle with gender dysphoria, but then also showing God's plans for their lives as well through this difficult time. Um, and so that's the presentation on gender. And then both presentations are followed up with a time of prayer for the family of Eucharistic adoration, sacrament of reconciliation. So they don't just get a motivational speech. They can, as a family, go home as pure as the day that they were baptized because of the power of the sacrament of reconciliation. And so it's not something, uh, I was at one talk recently and the parents like, yeah, we're here, but, you know, we asked our teenage daughter if she wanted to come, and she didn't, and so we didn't bring her. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, you left it up to a teenage girl to decide if she wants to go to a chastity talk with her parents? Like, I wouldn't go to a chastity talk with my parents. Like, it's not something you invite. You tell hey, we're doing this as a family. Like, let's go. And a lot of times, like, one mom emailed me today. She said, yeah, I dragged her to your talk last night, kicking and screaming. The man, she couldn't stop talking about it afterwards. Mm. And she was so thankful, and we've had so many good conversations about the stuff you said. And so that's the idea. Let's break the ice to get the conversation going between the parents and the kids. Oh, I am so excited. I'm ready to show up. It's coming up October 15th. It is sure to be a fantastic event. Jason, thank you so much. Thanks for your time today. Oh, thank you. And we just ask all the listeners to please pray for the event and all the families coming. Amen. And again, that is Jason Everett. So the event is again coming up October 15th, 1.30 p.m. It'll be a dinner included, of course, mass adoration, reconciliation, everything that is best for the soul. I will be sure to add information about where you can get all of the details on the podcast of today's interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And it is 8.53 at Mater Day Radio, so Friday evening, 7.30. View from the Pew. Oh, we got a new show coming up uh, for you. No nice. special guest today, but we were talking, we had the Feast of the Guardian Angels yeah, this week. Right. We're going to talk about a couple of situations that the Good Deacon and I have no doubt <laughs> our Guardian Angels stepped in to save us. I could definitely <laughs> toss a couple in there myself. <laughs> so that is View from the Pew. That's tonight, 7.30. Go to our programming page on our website. You can print out a full programming schedule. That's at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Hi, my name is Will Detheridge. I grew up going to St. Juan Diego and Holy Trinity in Portland and I'm a young entrepreneur. My company, Catholics for Hire, helps bring the church into the digital world. 
Inspired by Blessed Carlo Acutis, Catholics for Hire creates websites, videos, podcasts, and other digital resources to help you evangelize. We also produce print media, such as bulletins, manage social media, and assist with online advertising. Our mission is to get parishes, nonprofits, and even businesses connected to talented young Catholic professionals across the country. If you're looking for a new website, a podcast producer, a newsletter redesign, or more, check out our website at catholicsforhire.com. We ask you to join us in asking our patron to pray for the new evangelization across digital media. Blessed Carlo Acutis, pray for us. This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for the Voice of the Shepherd. I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the Church. Catch the Voice of the Shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Grab some coffee and take the morning blend with you anywhere you go. Listen to the podcast at materdayradio.com. And it is 8.55 at Mater Day Radio. Take one last look at your forecast. It's going to be a beautiful weekend ahead today. Sunny skies, high of 83. Clear overnight tonight, low of 61. And then Saturday and Sunday, both sunny. 83 for Saturday, 77 for Sunday. Currently 61 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, here is Steve Ingrisano, more beautiful. And we are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Though we are lost and we've gone astray To gain rewards that pass away Seeking all that this world can give But inside we know it's true There is no We find you more beautiful, more glorious, more alive in this life, more victorious. To be more free, and all we can be more than yesterday. May we find you more beautiful, more glorious, more alive in this life, more victorious. To be more free, and all we can be more than yesterday. There is a longing we can't deny That God alone can satisfy Peace that none in this world can give Every good thing comes from you You're the source, you're the summit we're reaching to May we find you more beautiful Glorious, more alive in this life, more victorious. Be more free, and all we can be more than yesterday. May we find you more beautiful, more glorious, more alive in this life, more victorious. Be more free, and all we can be more than yesterday.
glorious More alive in this life More victorious To be more free And now we can be more than yesterday May we find you more beautiful More glorious More alive in this life More victorious To be more free And now we can be more than yesterday That is Steve Agrizano and more beautiful. It is 8.59 at Mater Day Radio. Hey, that's going to wrap it up for the Morning Blend on this Friday for this week. Thank you to everybody who tuned in. David and Brenda with you. And you know what? We're going to be back on Monday morning. Oh. And it's going to be exciting because the Fall share gets underway. What a great week ahead. I'm really excited for this week. David, you have put together an amazing lineup of guests wall-to-wall some days. I think maybe only a couple of hours, and those might get filled too this weekend. So sure to be a great, great week. But what we need, our listeners to please tune in next week. That's right. Support Mater Day Radio. That is going to wrap it up for us on The Morning Blend. As I said, a new uh, episode of View from the Pew coming up this evening. We'll talk about guardian angels. We hope you have a blessed day.